0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number tp slash 01005.
1: Hey, let's move on from the All Blacks. Let's talk uh, uh, Ross Taylor. Boy, this book's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't read it yet. I've seen
0: excerpts in that. Um, Yeah. Um, so I covered Ross um, when he was not a black cap, so when he was playing for Central District and on the way up, really liked him. And then I was sent to cover the 2012 T20 World Cup in Sri Lanka, and he was captain at that point of the black caps. And oh, I think New Zealand cricket thought I'd been as a hatchet, man. We had three cricket writers at our paper, um, Mark Ginty, Jonathan Milmar, and myself. And first day we were there, I asked Mike Heston a really run-of-the-mill question. Um, because I think Michael Clark was the Australian Test captain, but not the T20 captain, similar with Graham Smith. South I I think AB de Villiers was their captain. I said, do you think New Zealand might ever contemplate having separate white ball and red ball captains? And he said, Ross Taylor is the captain for now. He's the board's choice, and we're doing our best to make it work. Now, to me, that was hardly a ring endorsement of Ross. Mm. I wrote that. Uh, Motel went downhill pretty rapidly, and called all sorts of names by all sorts of people within the Black Caps group but um look at Ross was it was awkward with Ross like I did sort of interview him during the rest of the tournament and he was like where are you getting this what's it coming you know are you trying to get, 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 cost me my job things like that like it wasn't my intention I certainly felt bad for him but I didn't think his boss was in wholehearted support of him and uh they went back there for a test tour a few weeks later and he got them pull it so Yeah, interesting book. Uh, I saw more of McGoldrick. I haven't delved any deeper than that yet. But, yeah, um, that thing with the captaincy and that thing with him and McCullum and Heston, it still burns him, clearly. I would have thought it wasn't that big a deal and that um, this fact that the team enjoyed success subsequently would sort of soften the blow and perhaps there would be a recognition that the right guy was in charge, but it doesn't seem that
1: that's the case. No, I remember when he when it all happened. I was working at Live Sport back, uh, which used to be a thing, um, and with Ian Smith, and Smithy was quite tight. You know, their families are quite tight, from Barry, what I understand here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when he flew, I don't know if he flew into Auckland. He flew somewhere anyway, and Smithy drove him home. Might have driven him to Hamilton or something, and that he basically told me then exactly what's in the book now um you know about how it went down and this there was a story too which i um about how a group of senior players led by Brendan McCallum i think Kyle Mills was part of it i think Nathan McCallum was part of it and there was one or two others turned up at Ross's room to announce that hey now there's a senior player group and we make decisions together and he basically they all voted as a group and just outvoted him on anything that they wanted um and that was when he knew that something was something was really up so yeah, it was done... Well, you. it was It was
0: curious to see, like, at that at, at that T20 World Cup, um, all the players, you know, between overs or what have you, after a wicket, all congregated around McCullum, who was the quick keeper, and Taylor would be stood at would off with the ball, waiting for the game to restart, and the bowler to come and take the ball off him. And I remember talking to a very prominent rugby coach about that, and he said, if the players are around McCullum, then McCullum is the leader of that team, and I feel sorry for Taylor, but he's not the leader. And that. That was sort of how it went down. Like, I feel bad for him as a person, but that group made a choice, rightly or wrongly, that they backed McCullum, and I think I think history probably showed them to be correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're probably not wrong, but it, it, certainly the way that it was done uh, wasn't great, and that's what I think has come out of the book. I mean, it hasn't painted McCullum in a great light, um, and, you know, that thing about him... Uh, with his mental coach not wanting those emails released, that that does make you wonder what's in there, um, and there's a bit made of that. Mike Hesson doesn't come out of it well, uh, and probably the guy that comes out of it worst out of anybody from what I've read so far is David White.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm honestly not gonna make it on the record, solution about David White, but I, I would I wouldn't be shocked if he was not painted in the good light. But but equally, like players decide these things a lot. You just asked John Plumtree and Brad Moore. They just got the Archer from the All Blacks because allegedly the players didn't want them, and now the players are insisting that the imposter remains coach. So players, rightly, wrongly, good bikes, bad bikes, skeletons in the closet or not, they are allowed by organisations to make quite a lot of important personnel decisions, whether they should or shouldn't.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that that is true. Yeah, no, I I've, I've never met Dave White. I had David White. I've, I've interviewed him um, over the phone, but I have have had a guy who I respect immensely who is a very respected New Zealand broadcaster um, tell me a few things and he's not a particularly big fan and so when I read that I was like okay that's just reinforced a whole bunch of things that, I, that I've that i heard. Um, what about New Zealand cricket then on this because it's not just the personal stuff but Ross has also alluded to, to some, some underlying racial stuff as well.
0: Yeah so the, the captaincy dynamic and that that, that happens, that's unfortunate. Uh, anything along the other lines, uh, racial vilification, casual racism, whatever you want, that's unforgivable and unacceptable. And I just, I can't have that in life. I just, I can't believe anyone would willingly, or well, anyone would know that or turn a blind eye to it. I can't believe that, as Ross has alluded to, there are players in the squad at the moment who have been guilty of it, and he doesn't want to cast their names around for fear of harming their careers. Like, that's, that's just, are some things i cannot tolerate and that's just that's one of them and uh, if he had to experience that i feel desperately sad for him he seems the man he's it's interesting he's done this book he's got a few things up his chest otherwise he's held a very dignified or maintained a very dignified silence over his career um list of people wouldn't have list of people probably would have walked away from the team i still yeah i don't know like is he trying to sell books is he trying to like help change is he um genuinely wanting to help people or is he not like a He's having a bob each one, a couple of things, but you can't you can't be allowed to to tolerate that within an organisation. I'd be disappointed if New Zealand cricket aren't better than that. I mean, obviously, they've Murphy Sewers mentioned his experiences as the first Samoan player to play cricket for New Zealand and how he experienced that kind of thing. And and our anti cricket comms have come out tonight. Oh, it's a different game, and we've addressed those issues and we've moved on and that kind of thing. I don't think that does much to make Murphy Sewer any happier, and I don't think Ross Taylor's much happier now either.
1: No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, 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 think though that this is something that's been brewing for a while. I think he wanted it. He wanted to, you know, have his say and put the record straight um, a while ago, but didn't want to do it while he was still playing because, you know, as he talks about, I, I kind, I had a conversation with Simon Dole when all this happened, and I said, do you, th- you know, do you think he might just retire? Because I would, if I've in his shoes, I might just go. You know what? Sot off NZ cricket. I can play IPL, I can play CPL, I can go and play county cricket, I can make a living. I don't need to play international cricket, don't need to play for you. Uh, but he was very much, you know, uh, he talks about Martin Crow a lot and about how they had mm. set targets, and that's what drove him to continue to play.
0: Yeah, I think we have to be grateful for Martin Crowe, as he's cricket fans because without his influence, um, dead or alive, Ross uh, Taylor wouldn't have remained a black cap as long as he did, and he wouldn't have reached the great heights that he did. Like, I just... I've such immense uh, admiration for that guy as a cricketer because he he got the most of what he had. He was a flash player, a lot of shots, but loose, and he became, you know, a great Test match technician, a scorer of, you know, almost 20 Test hundreds, I think it was, in the stats out in front of me, but, like, you know, like a genuinely World Elite player who didn't really look like that as a kid talented but but loose and he, he became someone and he should be immensely proud of the career he had if he had things along the way that upset him I'm sorry to hear that but um, yeah great cricketer.
1: Great cricketer indeed